Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast, your home for real beer, real breweries, real opinions. On this week on the podcast, we speak everything powder monkey bread. Hello and welcome to your favourite beer fridge podcast, your you home of real beer. Listen to the real podcast or really watch the podcast on always. YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, hit that ding a ling a ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. You can show your support by giving us a five star rating or show your official support by heading to patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. My name is Gavin. I've got my drinking friends in the form of Callum, Mark, and Scott. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Good evening, friends. You were on mute to start your beer fridge podcast show after the intro, just to let you know. No, it's fine. It's it's fine. Trust me. It's recorded. Yeah. It's recorded. I don't worry. Just you uh, worry about drinking beer and talking shit, and I'll worry about that. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are joined this week with Mark from Powder Monk and Brew Co. Good evening, mate. How are you getting on? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for having me. No, thank you for joining us. Okay. Um, friend of the podcast and previous winner of Brewery of the Year, People's Choice Award, uh, Alex from Bayonet, told us that you were a brewery that we should chat to and a brewery who does outstanding beer. So um, if he says it, then by Christ, he's a, he's a fucking brewery of the true. year. I mean, that's be true. <laughs> Must be true. So looking forward to it. Um, we'll start off as we normally do, go around the virtual table and see what we're drinking to kick things off. Um, go on then, Gil. Or are you just, have you literally just opened one? No, no, I've just opened it, but I'll get it while it's fresh. Uh, this is incredible. No. So thanks very much to Mark with a K, spelled correctly. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> not like that, FUD. Um, <laughs> for sending some beers our way. This I've opened up the monkey's charge because it was the first can I came in the fridge. Um, it's a 5.2 percent double dry hopped pale ale. So, Gavin's well, that your favorite or second favorite beer style now? You're a big double dry hop guy, DDH. Yeah, you've got a tattoo with yeah. DDH or whatever, you know. So, this is mm -hmm. uh Zaka and Amarillo. Man. It's incredible, bags of fruit. Um, but it's got a lovely kind of bitterness towards the back end which makes it really well balanced and really palatable and really easy drinking um, a perfect first beer and if they're all like this we'll have a good night Maybe yeah definitely it's, it's, uh, so it's, it's probably our uh, second most popular uh, beer at the moment and yeah as, as Akaramarillo um, I think just work work really nicely together and this is <clears throat> probably more towards like the the East Coast style within our range, but what's what's nice about it with with a lot of Iodi Pales actually, um, we do we do like to keep a little bit of bitterness in there. I think it's you know it's become commonplace that that beers can just be juicy and sweet uh, with, mm -hmm. with nothing left to sort of keep it uh, drinkable. So so this I mean, it doesn't, probably doesn't taste quite like it, but it's actually well, 
I don't like to, 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 to worry about IBUs too much, but it's probably technically speaking about 30 um, IBUs. But with with this beer in particular, we do we do a few little sort of um, tricks. So Simcoe, um, which, you know, ordinarily sort of like quite commonplace as, as an aroma hop, we use uh, for, for the bittering in most of our uh, sort of uh, hazy pails because it's got a, a really smooth bittering quality. So although um, you get this bitterness, it's not sharp. Not like in some of our beers, like explosion, you've got like a really assertive bitterness. This is, I think, mm -hmm. is a much smoother style of bitterness, but because you've still got it there, it, it yeah, it, it stops the beer from just being sweet and, and full. Right. That's, that's incredible. Exactly as you've described, Mark. And if this is the, the kind of East Coast style stuff, Mark, other Mark, spelled incorrectly, <laughs> you're in for a, you'll be in for a decent night when you get to try these. Um, yeah. If I leave well, any for you, you'll yeah, enjoy them. Point. The, we've, um, got, we've got like beers like Voyage that push it like like beyond like full full East Coast style, but this is like you say, it's that little hint of bitterness that I think just just has a little point of difference to it. So it's the forgotten art, isn't it? I know we're diving in a wee bit here before we go, but ah, sorry, uh, I was going around the table, but <laughs> no, that's exactly what we want. Um, yeah. I feel I feel like. Bitterness in beer is has been forgotten about for like a year. Basically, mm -hmm. I feel like most beers um, have our breweries. The, we went through the Nipah phase, um, and we're in the hazy pale phase. You know, and even the the DDHs and everything that you mentioned. I feel like the bitterness gets lost unless someone slaps. West Coast on a can now that yeah. the, the everybody uh, you think about these beers and the, the actual bitter part that makes you go back and back and back kind of gets lost in trans, transit a little bit but the Azaka and Amarillo combo that you mentioned kind of reminds me of uh, like like kind of modern like because like, Amarillo for me just like shoots sort of like kind of casky style beers in that film but that, <laughs> that hold that bitterness that kind of pull you pull you in so um, that sounds awesome, mate. Yeah, yeah. well, I think that, like I'm, I'm a relief for me. I, I tend to use that, but I, I think it's got like a really nice, like sweet citrus character. So you get like a mm -hmm. bit of orange, but then it's got maybe helps play into the bitterness. Is that well, that not that sort of like refreshing character you get at the finish um, is is perhaps coming from like that slight resinous flavour that you get from the orange as well. That I think helps, you know, yes. crisp up the finish on the beer a little bit. But all. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking the same, Gav. Can I? Well, you got the same. Go. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking the same. So, and I love that um, on the podcast when uh, other people talk about the beer that I'm drinking, and that, that means I don't have to <laughs> um, stick my neck out there by, by tasting those. But I was really chuffed <laughs> myself because I, when I cracked the can straight away, it was peaches and mango and everything that was coming, and then I looked at the back of the can, and it's got you know tasted notes and aroma notes and stuff, which is amazing. And I think it's really, really good to try and educate people about what they should be tasting and smelling and, and seeing when, they're, when they've got a beer. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I totally, I'm in complete agreement with everything that you have said, that the, the soft, sweet flavours, peach and mango, and it's really rounded off really nicely with that, as you say, that resinous. But it's not it's not too, like, sort of magic tree piney bitterness. It's that kind of just that, like you say, that sharp citrus um, bitterness that you get at the end. It's just, it's really well-rounded beer. It's lovely. Yeah, thank you very much. But yeah, and no, I think that's something that I've I've always sort of delve into. Uh, I get 
uh, shit for it sometimes, but like I think like I I really mm-hmm. like you know, going into detail in in tasting notes, and um, I find myself normally having to try and like cut back because you've only got so much space on the can. But like with with most of our um, uh, cans, I like to sort of get as much information on there as about yeah as about what that beer should yeah. taste like, and, and ideally um, you know what what's actually contributed to that. So wherever we can put in sort of you know what malts we've used or what hops we've used to to try and give people a, a, an understanding of what's what's created the flavors um yeah if I, it's I, nice I, what you've, you've done as well with the on the label can. just the, the, yeah, the little the, at the bottom of the can there or in the label just the quick easy the, the what you should be looking for what you're going to smell on the beer what it's going to taste like like just super quick and easy to look at and go all right okay Especially when you're picking it up on a shelf in such a, a busy market, um, and people just want to have get information really quickly. That's the world we live in at, at the moment. So having that just to turn the can around and go right, mango, peaches, citrus, cool, right, awesome. That's what I want, and you just go. Um, the beer that I'm got myself is your collaboration with uh, Sheep and Wolves Clothing, uh, the Sheepish Charge, double dry hot pale. Um, as Miguel says, I'm going to have DDH tattooed on me at some point no doubt uh two and a half percent this is cracking by the way um and doesn't yeah. surprise me working with the team at, at sheep and wolves clothing because they make some amazing low and no stuff um and this can collaborate with, with yourself is exactly that it does everything it says on those notes at the back it's it's golden it's hazy it, you're getting mango you, you are getting citrus on the nose and it is a little a lovely little juicy sweet number with a wee tiny bit a bitterness in the back which i'm actually absolutely loving and especially in the world we're in at the moment low and no beers are obviously on the up and that's at two and a half percent you could drink quite a lot of these and still enjoy your evening and keep (laughs) the bones in your legs definitely yeah, it was great to work with uh, with Matty from uh, Chief yeah. Slaving. So that that was the, you know one of the whole reasons we we wanted to get him in was just to, to sort of pick his brains a little bit about how we could uh, <laughs> how we could uh, look towards doing some uh, some low and low stuff because uh, I, I was always a big fan of their um, of their range in general and and with this beer in particular, um, it, it, it was something quite. It, it always it always is the way that when you do collaboration brews, you normally end up doing something that. Um, a certain a style or a process that you've not done before, so that they're never a yeah. smooth. Way. You want to sort of you want to invite people in and, and have everything go perfectly, so you you look like you're the nuts when you when you get, you set up <laughs> you try like a road style and you end up uh, certainly on the first version of that um, uh, of that brew. Matter you know, I won't have to say that. So not, not not the sweetest of all brew days, but the beer turned out uh, turned out great. So we did um, uh, 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 super high temp. Uh, mash, I think we mashed in at like 75 degrees or something like that. So we were shooting for um, an attenuation of about 55%. So we wanted to really leave that uh, that fullness in the body, but still have like a, a you know a, a proper fermentation uh, or the rest of it. And it and it works. It worked a treat, I think. Um, right, it's cracking. Honestly, it's, it's uh, low and no wise. You're not going to be disappointed about this beer whatsoever. Um, it is a true DDH and what you're expecting from a DDH and what I like from a DDH beer as well. So, um, yeah, if that's the setup at 2.5%, fuck me, I cannot wait. If that's sheepish charge, then bring on monkey's charge. Right, that'll be <laughs> the fucking bollocks, which will be as next on my list. Um, Delp, you're on the dry stuff tonight? I'm on just 
super low. low, low. I've got uh, walkers, mate. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I'm just on a um, point five, um, point five um, Radelaire from uh, Polano, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I've got. I'm, I'm basically just clearing out some dead stock of beers that I found. I done a bit of a clear out when I was brewing at the weekend and it was I should have taken a picture of it and sent it was frightening what I found in the garage to be honest in terms of stuff um beers. I probably tossed about fifty bottles of beer I would say like easy. Um but that's for another conversation um now. Um <laughs> Um, this is easy drinking. It's Polana at their best. It's 0.5, so it's nothing. Um, and um, it's it's more lemony than beer. Um, I I I know of another company that does a Radler that's more beer than lemon. I prefer it, um, but that's 2.7 percent. Um, and Gilroy, you yeah. can shake your head all you want, but nope. uh, but <laughs> if you're, um, I need to get my jabs in at you as much as I can. Um, but this, <laughs> Um, I'm more, I'm more interested in hearing about the beers you guys are drinking because they sound awesome. Um, Mark yourself, um, what have you got? Uh, are you, so, are you well, we, we we find ourselves uh, in the brewery uh, today, so I've I've um, sat in at the minute in our sort of um, uh, private function uh, bar where the brewery is just uh, next door to this. Um, so this is fresh from the tank. Uh, this is <laughs> Scuttlebutt, which is our, our Munich Hells um, uh, lager. So um, a, a beer that's been off the taps for a while. Uh, it was one of the first beers we we brewed as part of our uh, core range when we when we first started. Obviously, you know, lagers are traditionally very difficult for uh, for smaller breweries to produce just down to the tank residency time. Um, so it was always like that sort of toss up of commercially speaking, it was a it was a nightmare. We only had four fermentation vessels when we started. Um, this particular beer at the time had a had a production time of of three months. Um, we left it in the tank for so we we were tying up one tank for three for three months. But I love lager, so that's why that's why uh, <laughs> that's why we down uh, that road and particularly this um, uh, being a, a Munich house, It's a real kind of like bready sweet. Um, style of lager at 4.5%. Um, uh, sort of Vienna and Munich malts throughout the body, melanoid and malt in there as well. So you get a real like bready sweetness. I would say it's very much a malt forward um, mm. lager. Um, yeah. And then the slight sort of twist we've got on it is it's got a huge melon um, uh, and Holotel Blanc as, as a Whirlpool edition. So it's got like a slight sort of fresh fruit character. <laughs> um, so yeah, really, really like that kind of keeps the refreshing um, edge to beer. Uh, but it, it's been off the taps for a while, mostly due to the um, the tank residency demands. But then we've we've recently um, started using Nova Lager quite a lot. Uh, so this is a, a, a Nova yeast, sorry. Um, so this is like a new, a new hybrid species of yeast, which I'm a huge, huge fan of. And, and Always and, and recommending to uh, to brewers. So that's uh, the whole the whole point of this use is it brings the production time right mm -hmm. down any sort of um, impact on flavour. I think so. This is now uh, down to just under a month production time. So we've you know wow. much viable. Uh, the the whole reason being that the, this particular yeast doesn't really metabolise sulphur. So that kind of sulphur, sulfuric mm -hmm. flavour you get from a freshly fermented lager. 
um, just isn't apparent in the first place. So you don't need that long lagering period that you know makes sense okay, in my yeah. mind. So, mm -hmm. so we brought it back, um, and I know a lot of people, particularly you drinking our tap house, are very excited for this. And ever since it's been in the the bright tank, I can't stop sampling it. That's when we come to packaging. But yeah, I'm, I'm loving this beer at the moment. It's it's quite a subtle style. It's not you know a big hoppy beer. It's not a crazy style. It's just balanced, and it's um, super refreshing. And yeah. Taste, tasting very nice, fresh from the tank. <laughs> Same. Not, not your case, unfortunately, so I try not to ramble on about it too much. <laughs> no, I mean, no that's all right. It looks incredible. That, that, that is the definition of no thinking drinking, isn't it? Like Vienna Mall, Munich Mall, you meant Harleton Blanc, so like you just like for me, just like scoops into proper like lager pilsner vibe, that kind of dryness that just makes you want to go back more and more and more. The fact that you've managed to cut this process down as well so it's going to be a, a regular like every every good brewery and every pub and tap room needs quality lager on the because you know that you can only drink ddh and double this and triple that so much you need like good lager to kind of cut through even if it's a half pint a pint here or whatever yeah. four and a half percent like you mentioned just like session, no thinking, drinking. Like, the, the hell's the hell style is just so easy to drink as well. I mean, it's so soft yeah. and and you know friendly to drink. Mm. You know, it's not you, you. You don't need to be a proper laggerhead to enjoy it. Um, yeah. you can you can sometimes see that some of the flavors, like from like Mark was saying, like from pilsners and and that you know they they can sometimes put people off. But this like the the hell's is real lager style that appeals to everybody. Mm. Definitely does. Um, let's let's go to how it all started, Mark. Take us back. How did Powder Monkey come to be, and how did it all start? Uh, yeah, so so a lot of um, well, really the, the, the inspiration behind our uh, branding uh, stems from from the building we're in. So what I'm currently sat in at the moment uh, is a former uh, gunpowder magazine. So this is actually listed as an ancient monument. It's a building that dates back to. Uh, 1878 um, and it's a site that we essentially uh, uh, discovered so uh, Andy our CEO and Mike our chairman uh, un you know sort of came across this uh, building and had the idea to put um, a brewery into it now this is I was back up in Derby at the time uh, brewing up there so I was sort of involved then from the inception when we were they were looking at, you know, incorporating uh, a brewery into the space. So the first thing we had to look at was uh, repurposing the actual site itself. So with the building split into two chambers, uh, one of which I'm in at the moment, and then next door, which has been uh, converted to the brewery. So initially, it was just a case of um, taking this derelict site, you know, removing the rubble, getting it to a, to a workable uh, stage. And then what we did was came to a loose agreement with Heritage England uh, to, mm -hmm. to preserve the history of the site as well as um, get it operational as a brewery, which is normally the way, uh, especially uh, sort of around, around here in Gosport. There are a lot of um, buildings that are steeped in history and mm -hmm. it's, it's sometimes off-putting for businesses to, to go into them because, yeah. you know, when, when we were first setting up, you couldn't sneeze in here without getting it signed off. It was that sort of. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask what, what the red tape was like. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was it was difficult at first, and I think once once you get past those boundaries, then um, you know it seems daunting and like you're not going to be able to do it. But once once you you 
get down and, and speak about the operational side of things. Um, you know, they then were really supportive in, in getting us uh, going as a brewery. And to say the, the, the rough agreement we came to was that if we preserved one sort of um, side of the space, so I know you can kind of see where I'm in at the moment. You can um, see all the beams and everything, yeah. Awesome. As it was. Um, so this is this is the actual, uh, the base where the gunpowder would have been stored. Um, because we preserved this side, they were happy for us to then clear through next door and get that suitable for use. And that's that's really was one of the main things that sort of um, excited me about moving down here is we had this chance to start somewhere from scratch. So yeah. uh, be, being up in, in Derby, uh, where I'd seen lots and lots of different breweries, um, different different setups. You know, I think the UK is quite versatile in terms of its brew houses. Um, and, and, and processes took the best ideas that I'd seen from from that essentially and and set it into us. So uh, next door, we then had to look at things like uh, flooring. You know, getting getting nice flooring in the breweries. I know super exciting topics for the for the podcast, but <laughs> things like so crucial for so uh, important. Last you want us to be the last thing you want us to be hitting about with a squeegee half your day when you're in there trying to throw yeah. so it beer, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's and it's it, you know it was going through those exact problems of having divots in the floor and floors that slope the wrong way, um, <laughs> back up in Derby that I was like you know I never want to sort of have to go through this. So having the chance to start somewhere from scratch and now we've got like lovely sloped floors and 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 chilling systems that are that are balanced and chill all the tanks equally and, and to the correct uh, <laughs> temperature. I think that that getting that framework for the brewery, if you like, to, to sum it up, was was one of the most important things and. Mm -hmm. It was a great learning opportunity for me as well because, you know, and I, I, I did a lot of research into it. But normally, when you go into to breweries, or at least from from my experience, that these these are the sorts of things that are already kind of set in place, and you never yeah. really have to put much thought into it because it's just that you know the chiller systems there, the floors there. When you actually have to put it together yourselves, that's when it sort of um, forces you to think about it. And actually, it was it was great yeah. to to uh, to learn about it. So so the framework was sort of the first thing we had to get set up, and this is. This is going back about sort of three years ago now. So, so we've been up and running fully for about two and a half years. Um, mm -hmm. Once we put all that framework together, that's when we can look at sort of doing the um, putting the core range together and the specials that we've got now, which is quite quite a long list of beers we've we've put together. So <laughs> we've probably got about yeah. uh, eight, eight, eight to ten beers that are considered core beers now, mm -hmm. uh, and, then, oh. and then much more after that. Excellent. I mean, for a brewery like yourself, like it's is still very young to have that many core beers already. Like, there's breweries that are going for longer that still don't have eight core beers. So, um, hats off! Like that sounds is that sounds is that quite amazing. sorry, Gav, is that quite difficult yeah. to manage then? But obviously, I know you've got the tap room, so it probably makes it slightly easier because you can, you know. But you know, yeah. from a brewing schedule, I I know how uh, difficult. Eight beers so, must be as well as specials. Yeah, so so so, so it is. Um, I think I think the, the the need for versatility is sort of um, uh, driven that. With we we still seeing, um, like I say, we we, we almost have, have, have started relatively broad and might find that that might narrow down over time. Um, so yeah. so within that within that range of beers, there are certainly you know two or three standout beers that although the other beers are considered core, they they. Do a lot less, um, or or the, those three particular beers do do a lot more volume than uh, than the others. So we still got sort of sand out flagship beers, but we've got beers that you know our customers 
expect to see year round. So that's why I still consider them as, as core beers, even if they're less uh, less volume overall. You're still going to have mm-hmm. the customers that want those beers um, yeah. throughout. So it is you know it does become difficult. Um, the seasonal course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The seasonal yeah. course, you know. The ones that like come round. They're pretty much there. Yeah. It's round the way you do the... things, though, isn't it? The see, like you said, seasonal core beers and have, mm. like, like you said, you're, you're talking about your lager that you have and people are, are, are craving for it again and it gets that little bit of buzz around it and especially coming up to summertime, weather's going to be going to get better, fingers crossed, and where you're set up with the tap room there and the, the pictures I've seen of the view from the tap room, it looks That's fucking cool. incredible. Like, it's a perfect... <laughs> for just sitting on the balcony and just enjoying the scenery and having a good fucking lager like yeah i'm fucking coming but, but i think, I think <laughs> in, that, that's, in, in, in those summer months you know you get the we're definitely going to see like the, the the most popular beers uh flying probably more than the others um but mm-hmm. we've we've got even in the tap room there's, there's 16 taps there um that you know we, we need to populate sort of uh year round and it's it's that nice thing that um I guess it's a it's a a blessing and a curse, like as as brewers, that people are now sort of coming into to pubs and rather than saying, rather than having their sort of go to, um, a lot of people just come in and sort of say, what's new, you know, what 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 have you got that I won't have tried before? So it's it's nice that we get to constantly be creating these new beers, but at, at the same time, it, it does become difficult to manage to <laughs> to keep yeah, them all. I imagine. I can definitely so, imagine. Oh, Christ, you you like you've said. You've said on your website and stuff, and again, going back to what you're, you're kind of saying there, that you've said on the website you 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 make two thousand pints a week. Uh, yes, yeah, in my in my head of a non of a mean Scott are the tasters, Callum and, and Mark are the um, are the drinkers. For to me, that blows my fucking mind. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's more. You just live there now, I. So it's one of the one of the bits of the gunpowder magazine a bedroom, is it? <laughs> it's it's honest, it, 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 may, it may as well be. Like I, um, <laughs> I, I do spend uh, a lot of time here, probably uh, you know too much, really. But um, it's handy that I, do, I, I literally live um, just around the corner. So I'd say I, 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 re- I relocated uh, from Derby um, for the job, um, so. I didn't know anyone when I when I first moved down here. So like I moved down here for the focus of of starting yeah. this place. But you know, thankfully, uh, Bruin is an incredibly social um, industry. So <laughs> it's never going to be a case yes, that no people <laughs> want to want to come down here. People are normally uh, keen, keen to. If know you've got Bruin. good beer for them, they'll follow you, right? Take the words yeah. out my mouth, mate. Take the words out my mouth. <laughs> yeah. If you brew good beer. You'll never be short of friends, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And it, you know, there's like genuinely, like I've got such like great friends who I've met through um, through the through either the brewing community or mostly just like through the um, through the tap house people who have become our uh, regulars who are now just considered to be friends as opposed to um, customers or regulars or anything um, yeah. like that. So it's a nice. Well, good. Uh, it kind of leads on to one of my questions. I was going to ask you how. Obviously, just like I said, fairly young and in, in, in terms of the brewery and, and the setup and stuff. How has the reaction been community-wise and people local? Has that been positive? Uh, fantastic, yeah. Um, we've we've had we've since since we've started, um, we've we've really had like the the local community sort of um, 
uh, get behind us now. A lot of our um, uh, ties are, are naval, so uh, we're in a you know MOD uh, building. Gosport itself is yeah. uh, historically a, a naval town, so we've always sort of thought ourselves as, as the, the craft brewery on, on naval soil. Um, so we've worked a lot with the navy since we've um, uh, since we started, which has been a big big help for us. Um, so the two the two aircraft carriers, the Queen Elizabeth and the Prince of Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, got beers on on both of those uh, uh, carriers. We got the sort of the local. It's amazing. That's um, cool. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's definitely that is cool. cool. <laughs> it's like uh, the historic dockyard and, and the naval bases uh, uh, we work with. But the, the, the other nice thing about that is that wasn't sort of uh, born out of us sort of having to go and you know force the door and say, "Could you know can we supply you?" It was mm-hmm. it, it almost wasn't. You know what we're intending to do when we when we set out, at least in in, in my mind. Um, uh, I think it was born more out of the fact that once we opened the pub and people were coming in and trying the beers, a lot of these people were were the people that were either in these bases or on board the um, the carriers, and they were sort of driving that to say we we want we want to get you on board, as opposed to saying can we can we come and some yeah. uh, supplies. So that that's been great, but overall. Um, I mean, we've recently just gone through a, uh, a funding round, um, which again was not born out of. It wasn't really sort of a true, a true crowdfunding because yeah. we 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 had enough interest that people sort of coming to say, can, can how can we sort of you know get in, involved in this and, and help you guys mm-hmm. sort of um, get going. So so we, we did sort of advertise right after that, but we raised we raised over eight hundred thousand in in that first sort of um, oh, wow. So so it was fantastic to see that, that, that we've got this community out there wanting us to <laughs> uh to succeed so it was, By it was way, how cool would it how would it how cool would it to go on an aircraft carrier and there'd be a fucking craft beer tap room how fucking cool would <laughs> yeah well i think that's what the guys <laughs> are <bought. laughs> that's that kind of is the pictures delicious. or whatever you know what i mean like somebody running out with a couple of tinnies as the plane takes off or whatever you know like, <laughs> <laughs> stuff. like your, I your got, i've got merger i've got mergers a top gun and craft beer channel all in one there's <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's this slingshots away this. it's just like two thirds there you go cheers <laughs> all right here's done Honestly, <laughs> that's a marketer, marketing team's dream, is it? No, there's horrors of stuff you could do with that. Aviators on jumping out the thing straight into a, yeah. <laughs> an icy cold Munich Hells pint or something like that. You know, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, if there's, ever, a, if there's ever a time that you put a sentence in don't drink and drive, it's probably that. Um, yeah, probably <laughs> where, where, where you were going to potentially go, Callum, is the, the beer that you've just put in your glass. I, I think I feel yes, like that's yes. Uh, it was indeed, and from moving on from aircraft carriers to the rugby pitch, um, I've <clears throat> I've just opened up uh, a, a can of the Amber Ale, and it's part of the uh, Steve Thompson's Hopping Hooker um, mm-hmm. series. Um, so Steve Thompson will just gloss over the fact that he was a, a World Cup winning uh, hooker for England, um, given that you're on a Scottish uh, <laughs> podcast. I, I think I think it's safe to say we've still got bragging rights at least for the next wee while. <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of rugby union, um, but yeah. Steve's come on board and has uh, has become a brand ambassador for for Powder Monkey and has lent his name to these beers. I've, I've as I say, I've opened up this Amber Ale and it's this is my style of beer. It really is this this kind of 
Um, this would be amazing on cask, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, this this kind of amber amber ale is just my bag all over toffees, mm-hmm. caramels, um, that kind of bready flavour that you were that you were talking about, um, biscuity vibes. It's really really lovely, um, nice and easy to drink. That's a true session beer. This and you know you could quite easily go into their clubhouse after a big rugby match and uh, and sink half a dozen of these with with absolute ease. Yeah. <clears throat> So Steve, I think like Steve, I can think he'd just be a great mate. Um, now I, I, I first met him back in um, back in Derby, and he's, he's like for, he's such a down to earth um, guy. Uh, so so as we were sort of um, still uh, looking at the site for for Powder Monkey, and there was a, a long period of sort of being I guess distantly involved because there was construction and, and planning and, and everything to do for the, for the site down here. So I first met Steve. Uh, up in Derby at the brewery, at the brewery I was working at there, and spent I think the initial time I met him, we spent about eight hours together in the brewery, <laughs> um, just mm-hmm. talking about styles of beer and lights and, and having a few as well. Um, and he he very much preferred, as you know, the sort of slightly more traditional yeah. uh, session beers, I would say. So I wanted to brew uh, tea beers that would that were the sort of beers that he wanted to drink. I think whenever we've done. Mm. Uh, collaborations or or work with people in the past, you know, I, I don't like the idea of just putting a a, a label on a beer for the, for the sake of it. You know, let's let's talk about actually what what kind of beer do you do you enjoy? What do you want to be? Let's have your personal touch on the on the flavor as well. So, I think it's it's it is refreshing to have uh, again for, for me it's almost similar to to Scott, but in a way a, a beer that is um, uh, more malt forward in in such like a hop dominate hop dominated. Um, Mm-hmm. Time like biscuity, malty, uh, amber ale sort of checks the uh, checks the box for that sometimes, and this is all about the the malt flavors really. So yeah, so it's sort of um, we use a quite a bit of malt, which gives it that underlying biscuit character. Uh, tea types yeah. of crystal malt, so tea in four hundred both go into this, which kind of brings that that caramel um, caramel sweetness through to through to burnt sugar, right through to dried fruit from the four hundred. I, I like. Mm-hmm. Crystal 400 almost tasting me like the color red sometimes. It just yeah. <laughs> that kind of uh, dried fruit um, sweetness. And then we do we do use uh, our Brandon Cross and Admiral, uh, the two UK hops on just as a whirlpool edition, so not as a dry hop or anything um, mm-hmm. like that. But that kind of just boosts that fruity character a little bit. But it's certainly not a hop forward um, no. style of beer. And I'll just show you just because I can see it out the corner of my eye on um, oh. on, the, on the topic of Steve. You might like this. This is actually. Taking pride, pride of place in the uh, in the brew house, so. Oh, amazing! Let's go. Yeah, that's awesome. He likes to sort of uh, get get down whenever he whenever he can uh, to the brewery. Yeah. So he's a great supporter of, uh, of the Brandon. <laughs> For anyone listening to the podcast, um, audio wise, um, we just got shown a couple of j- rugby jerseys there. By the way, you if you're watching on YouTube, you would have seen it, but All if right. you're listening, <laughs> obviously not. <laughs> Sorry, Cal, it's a good Cal, excuse Cal. to watch the, uh, the YouTube. It is an excellent uh, Mark's actually shown us, shown us round the brewery, so you get to see what he's talking about, which makes because Gav's not got more. enough to do. What Gav will do is he'll put together a complimentary PDF file <laughs> for everybody who listens to the podcast that they can download, like you get an Audible <clears throat> when you download an audio book with pictures on it. They'll send you a complimentary PDF because he's not got enough to do. Gavin's, Gavin's quite light on work, so um, a complimentary PDF. 
And if you send away a stamped address envelope to Gav's address, which he'll give you as well, he'll send you a paper copy back so that you can see the rugby jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the fucking video on YouTube. Jesus Christ. <laughs> can, I, can I ask randomly, um, where, for people that don't know, where did the, the name of the brewery come from? Why the monkey? We know the magazine. Why the monkey? Uh, so, so, yeah, so so powder monkey. Oh, sorry, unless you think you you're going to uh, take the ones on that. Uh, so, so I did, I did a bit, I did a little bit of reading before before we came on. Today oh. and, um, it's, it's on the website, but but yeah, but that's what I'm saying. People that are listening. Powder listed, monkey mate. was um, back in the days when um, it was cannons on ships um, that required a uh, shot and and gunpowder to be moved around. Um, a powder monkey was the the poor unfortunate souls that were carrying around bags of gunpowder on deck of the ships. Um, taking them to be loaded into the cannons, etc., etc. So that's what I put them probably, on. Probably smoking fag after fag, lighting one after no, other. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise you. Health and safety was behind the agenda in the, in the 1700s, 1800s, I'd imagine. So, yeah, no, Unbelievable. It's, it's, uh, exactly that. Um, that was the, the name that was given to the uh, uh, to, to normally the, the young boys that would. Um, The gunpowder sort of uh, to the ships and across the, the ship deck. So, uh, you know, quite a, a dangerous uh, uh, job, really. Thankfully, now we swap that for uh, rolling about 30 litre or 50 litre kegs. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no. that's where the name just uh, as precious, uh, name... just as precious, if not as dangerous. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly that. <laughs> Take about as much. Uh, care over it <laughs> but it's, it's it's funny things things like that and um, that, that's the transition if you like from um uh, from from gunpowder to um uh brewing there are, there are a few features of the building that, that tie in quite nicely so uh this space i'm in at the minute with you might be able to imagine it's it's, it's three meters of, of solid brickwork walls uh that the building is about um uh twice the height of the of the ceiling once you stand in here because you've got pure concrete and brickwork um, above you, essentially designed to, to contain explosion. Um, and we try to preserve and say a lot of this history as we got the site uh, up and running again, but it makes you laugh some of the things that we were sort of told uh, and tasked with as we were preserving the building. One of the things was to uh, to make sure uh, every, all, the, all the wood was uh, uh, fireproof and uh, uh, resistant to, to, to fire and stuff like that. And you think <laughs> it's, it's been used for gunpowder storage for... <laughs> Years. And now that we're kind of brew beer in here, now you think something's going to go bang. bang. No, no, you're don't. worried about it. No, everyone's <laughs> going to be fire retardant, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, we, we, we went ahead and happily, uh, <laughs> happily sealed it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, there has mm-hmm. been a few viral videos of um, um, yeah. beer explosions uh, recently, hasn't there? With kegs yeah. and uh, casks and uh, fermenters and you name it. So at least, um, at least you're. Um, not only bomb proof, but um, beer, beer explosion. <laughs> beer explosion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I was thinking. Um, like Gil- Gilroy, you moved on as well. Right, and it's stunning. Yeah, Mark. Oh, Mark, where is he? Raging. You're missing. You're missing, <laughs> yeah. and you're not getting any of this. This is fucking incredible. Look at the colour of that. Oi, oi. Hold on. You can tell that's, oh, that that's a Westie. So this is just as we were talking about the gunpowder magazine. This is explosion. 
Um, so it's a West Coast IPA, six percent. There's no um, way you would have bought you that you've decided there. I'm gonna hold on. I'll just open the. Well, just to fuck through. you off. Ah, exactly. Yeah, fine. Just yeah. to completely annoy just you. Annoy I've you. got. I've got, I've got a West another. There's, a, there's another Westie in there, which is the one Gavin will open. And there's another yep. Westie in the fridge for me as well. Ah, yeah. I might have kept you or tried my best to keep you one of them back. It's in the garage <laughs> as opposed gone. to up here. So my laziness is your. Friend, oh, I'm alright then. I'm safe. Yeah. Right. Tell me about this Westie. Back down the stairs. It's incredible. So it's got your typical hops you would expect. All the good ones beginning with C. So oh, Cascade, Centennial and Chinook. Um, my favourite hop. The, the, um, it's punchy. It's got that amber colour. It's got Sierra and Nevadan vibes, but <laughs> more intense, I would say. Um, because it's got that slightly oomphed ABV, it's got that, it's almost torpedo style in terms of it, because it's got oomph and ABV to it, it's got a lovely lasting bitterness on it, it's not playing, it's not pretending, it's not West Coast by by name only, it's it's a it's a proper Westie, whether it'll be bitter enough for Mr Bitter Chops, I don't know, but um, mm-hmm. it'll certainly be well on the way. I'm sure you'll enjoy it when you get to taste it, it's incredible. Yeah, I was going to well say, done. if I get a chance. It's yeah, uh, explosions, different class. Yeah, so this is this is my personal favourite beer in the range. Actually, <laughs> uh, I, I always uh, say it was it was it was my standout one of its. Um, I, I, I'd say I, I love West Coast. I love big bitter um, mm-hmm. uh, styles of beer, and it you know it was it was inspired by that. Uh, the sort of the styles of beer you, you've mentioned, then, so Sierra Nevada definitely a, a, an influence. Um, and like I say, I, I like my West Coast. There's there's not too many sort of like hops that like I'll I'll, I'll think will suit the, the profile of a of a of a proper West Coast. I'm saying for those not <laughs> on the uh, on, on the screen. Um, so uh, the, the the big ones for me, yeah, being uh, Chinook, Centennial, Cascade, Columbus, all of four of which sort of go into this beer, oh, uh, pretty much across the uh, the the range of of, of boil through to uh, through to dry hop. Um, and I, I like that sharper style of citrus, that, that tiny aroma. I do mm-hmm. find that sometimes with, with West Coast IPAs, um, they're almost softened a little bit to sort of make them a bit more uh, oh. generally appealing to, to, to a wider audience. So it's, yeah. it's always like a known uh, joke that like, they do get used quite a bit, but like Mosaic and Simcoe, I just don't, I don't like in a West Coast IPA, because, especially on the aroma, because I find them too, uh, too tropical. Too soft, yeah, what exactly. you want is, is, is eat, to eat to be eating magic trees. You don't want to be <laughs> kind of having that kind of softness. If you're there for a West Coast, the people who go looking for the West Coast on the label, as Mark says, yeah. it's got to do what it says on the tin. There's no shirking. There's no way around about it. If you want tropical, go and get a double dry hot IPA or a, a, a New England. If you want, if you want pretty pillowy softness with no sharp citrus in there, then and it's this is a proper, it's a proper West Coast beer. Um, it's like I say, it's trees all over the back. Um, <laughs> it's lovely. It's just trees. It's it's forest. It's brilliant. It's, it's exactly fun. what you want. It's it's the reason without having to wait for it or go and or go and try and find it. And I know that they're kind of making an appearance back in the supermarket, but Sierra Nevada and stuff. It reminds you of the 
for me, nostalgia of the first time you taste it because it's got the oomph and it's got the flavour that you remember that having the first time you, you tasted it before your yeah. taste buds become numb to it because you pick up too many bottles and cans and you, you, you end up with the, the kind of magnum varieties that they've got in the shop and stuff now trying to look for a glimmer of hope somewhere because you don't see it very often and then uh, how they have delivered Mark, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah thanks. I think it's really nice um, uh, having it back to back with uh, with Monkey's Charge because it kind of uh, demonst- demonstrates the uh, the differences uh, uh, in, in in the styles yes. and the range of, of IPAs. Um, yes. uh, pale ale, so going from that sort of tropical uh, soft fruity mango peach sort of character straight to the to the grapefruit pine that you get from yes. from explosion and and i think we, we we use so we use crystal and caramel in there just for a little bit of sweetness to to balance that that big uh, punchy punchy bitterness um so you do get i think you get the toffee coming coming through as well now, i do like in general mm-hmm. um uh beers that sort of uh pull flavors in different directions if that makes sense so like, i think you, you sometimes get beers where all of the flavors sort of move towards the same goal so you've got like yeah like um, a mango aroma and then a soft sweet body um uh and then it's kind of a creamy texture and, and they're all they all generally work in in the same direction um whereas the beers beers like this and uh, true as well of the of especially of the red ipa we've just done with bayonet um where you've got fl- flavors that that pull in different directions i think that that becomes a little bit more interesting you know over the course of a few different sips you tend to pull out different flavors over the course of the drink so here where you as the temperature increases, you get more of the caramel, the, the more of the yeah, sweetness yeah. comes through, which is good because it means it develops as you drink it, which I'll just yeah. make Mark even more jealous. Um, <laughs> as it, as it does it does develop and change in in um, profile as you as you drink through it as well, and all of it more. So, yeah. I, it totally develops as you're drinking, and it's it's. Right. Can't say enough good things about it. It's brilliant. Oh, look at you! Look, you're absolutely beaming there. This is why IPAs were made. Can I just say that? Like, this is why IPAs were made. Everything yeah. you've mentioned about flavour, it's West is best. I don't know how many years I've been shouting that for the hill tops. <laughs> Honestly, this five and a half. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know how long mega time, but you know the whole Nipa craze done my boxing you know i was going to say something else there but i done my boxing and you know how everybody jumped on the sweetie hazy all this fruity pish all the time it's all the same you know but how many people deliver on everything that you've just mentioned there very very few the can gets written up and the all the wackaging says what it's supposed to but everything that you've mentioned is just like full in your face flavor well mm. like, kind of straight to the point none of this frilly you know all kind of dancing around the edges of whatever it is just punching the face with hops and flavor and a bit of body and yeah, yeah. sounds brilliant honestly yeah. mark for prime minister Talking about, you mentioned there, Monkey's Charge. I have just literally nearly finished it. Um, the the big brother, shall we say, to Sheepish Charge, your collab with um, Sheep and Wolves. And this is um, your, the the higher ABV, the, the bad boy of it. Uh, Monkey's Charge DDH, 5.2%. So we went from 25 to 5.2. I see what you did there. Uh, and it's just it's <laughs> exactly that. It's an amplified version of Sheepish Charge, Monkey's Charge, this is, it's doing everything you want a DDH to do, 
it's hazy mango kind of peach those tropical vibes coming through bingo words left right and center it's juicy it's tropical and all that jazz but it does it in spades and um i could drink a fucking lot of that shit i'm not gonna lie yes please um <laughs> that's cracking that is a a really as scott you're saying with the the westy this is exactly what i want a double dry hop beer to do and to taste like hats off me that's uh that's a that's a quality beer yeah thank you very much yeah like i say it's it's and just just on on, on the west coast as well because we've, we've done a couple of um Either, either more, uh, West Coast or West Coast inspired beers lately. The, the one hop that I find myself keep gravitating back to lately uh, that I think really does actually work in the West Coast um, IPA is Strata. I, I think Strata is like, you know, you get this like, you do get a little, an element of like, of like tropical fruit, but I don't think it's overpowering in the style and it's got enough like dank character uh, behind it that it, it actually works really. Nicely in that, so yeah, I keep whenever when, when I've been sort of playing around with recipes uh, lately, I keep going back to it. <laughs> uh, sure. uh, that's like I've, I've, I found that recently actually, just because the we've been doing a lot of like recipe development over the last sort of um, uh, couple of weeks, and these little features that we keep going back to in in, in similar styles. So even in the in the um, in the monkey's charge, um, we use uh, Cascade and Nelson always pretty much now and like in the whirlpool for our hazy stuff i just think it gives you a really nice baseline character honestly i think um i think you're like a kindred spirit in me mark honestly like <laughs> you mentioned like west coast this bitterness that and then when you, yes. when you do when you do go hazy you've met citra and my mate nelson you know what i mean like it's, yeah. oh. well you can you can talk about this beer for us um mark well while, while i pour it and get ready to drink it and also make um, Mark with a C, tremendously jealous once again with, with the West Coast vibes. Take five West Coast IPA, seven percent. Another collab um, with your friends at Sheep and Wills Clothing. Um, yeah. And you mentioned there about Strata. That's you've got Strata in this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That so um, with uh, when 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 Matty came down just for balance. Yeah, we 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 did we did the two point five, and we wanted to do something with a bit more sort of uh, meat on the bones as well. So. <laughs> Uh, going going to a West Coast for and giggles. Fuck it. Yeah, pretty much. If he, I mean, I know he loves the West Coast as well, but if he if he was bringing the the low ABV uh, expertise, West Coast IPA is so like it's, it's really my like favorite style of beer. So uh, this was this was actually um, uh, inspired by uh, Dogfish Head, the ninety minute IPA. Um, so yep. we we didn't we didn't <laughs> didn't, didn't didn't quite put ourselves uh, through that on on the brew day. Um, but as opposed to to hop additions every um, every minute, it was hop additions every five minutes. Uh, so still relatively brutal, I'm sure. Elliot and Olivia and Matty themselves will testify that I probably did about one or two of those actual <laughs> hop additions over the two minutes. Um, uh, but I think it's 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 a it's, it's an interesting beer, mostly because the 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 thing is with me is that I, I I do like a very scientific approach to brewing. I like to know exactly you know when we're putting stuff in what what exactly that's uh, lending to the beard in terms of yeah. compound a lot of the time um, and I think with this one it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of an unusual thing to describe so I have switched mostly for most of our beers now I, I tend to just do like a an addition at the start of the boil addition at the end of the boil I don't see much point in dragging that out over the course of the whole boil now this is obviously an extreme example of that but I think it really does lend quite a unique character to this beer and it's hard for me to say exactly what it is that's that's causing that 
but I think the, the difference that you notice is, is where, where explosion has that that bitterness relatively sort of assertive and upfront and, and sharp straight away. This sort of tends to to have a it, it, it's still it's still a little an assertive bitterness, but it's it seems as though it's sort of it's spread out it's more. It's just, it, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it feels like it's spread out, but it feels like it's like an undertone of the beer. It's like hey, I'm a little bit bitter, but. Just to t- just to let you know, there's a wee bit of dankiness in here. Hello, <laughs> how you doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think the the like that that's that's it. That, that's what that's that character that the Serata brings is is that that element of of, of dank, a little bit of pineapple maybe, and um, uh, it's a slight maybe tropical fruit character, but blended in still, it's still got a hefty amount of um, centennial chinook sort of bringing the the pine and the grapefruit um, as well. So so you've got that that flavor but uh, strata is one of the few hops for me that does blend into that um nicely and i say it's, it's a pet peeve of mine when i see these hops and then i see mosaic or Cinco next to it but this this is um, this is one of the hops that i think does does work pretty well in, uh, in the west coast i'm finding there with like with the beer as it as it coats your mouth and, and as you drink it the bitterness just it developed like you're saying it 100 develops through the beer and the more you just sit after you've had a drink and just let let it breathe, so to speak, the bitterness just keeps coming through and keeps coming through and keeps coming. Loving yeah. it. Yes, I, think I know. I know. <laughs> you, you want this again? It's aye. It's <laughs> always the case when this happens. Can I just say that? Like, I can't remember what podcast it was last year that beers came in, and I thought, no, nah, I'm just never. I'm not getting them. And honestly, it was saying, this Nelson that fucking. Everything and every year it turns into uh, Robert and Mark's nose, um, but it just shows the quality that you're producing um, because obviously I'm the, um, the obviously the, the the true beer sommelier, um, the, West Coast correspondent, hundred percent. Also, side note, Canar is fucking cool as fuck. Uh, so, so we we did that using uh, I did that using AI actually. Um, so we do we do all our own like can designs in house, and it became a bit of like a running joke where like we were we were trialing AI to to generate um, can art. And the thing is, you have to put these ludicrous descriptions in to actually yep. um, to, to actually have it sort of um, uh, look look like something uh, apparent. So if, if you've got like a kind of voyage in front of you as well, you'll see that sort of like that. Yep. That um, pirate ship amongst sort of a, a cosmic um, uh, sea, and I think if I can remember these off the top of my head, it was something along the lines of. Um, oh, that's cool, isn't uh, it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, we we put the description in something along the lines of uh, a, a, a giant uh, pirate ship uh, sails across the cosmic ocean uh, amid a sea of stars, uh, like uh, uh, some something like that. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> Um, out there, and then with the with the take five, which is is, is the monkey and the um, and the, the monkey and the sheep chilling out on the beach, uh, taking five. Um, again, it was something like um, a, mon- a monkey and a sheep um, uh, sit together at, at sunset uh, on a, on a tropical <laughs> on a tropical island. Uh, the unlikely duo are sharing a pair of are sharing some craft beers as they enjoy their little. Um, corner of paradise and that's what the <laughs> that's what it came out with that's so, awesome it's, it's that's cool, that that would be the new you know like the old i was going to say the old but the sitting like scrolling through 
Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is. Honestly, the new thing could be generating the craziest, wackiest thing that you can shout into AI, chat, GPT, or whatever the heck it is, and just seeing what crazy stuff it kicks back at you. Because that sounds awesome, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I tried to do, remember, remember the ones that I was sending you guys, like, I'm like, oh, this is just to, for our 300th episode, and it couldn't, for whatever reason, spelling the word fridge, it just didn't like it. As freeze, <laughs> I, like, I, really, I remember that. Can't really, can't really use these. I'm just, like, but like you said, you have to put in like, like the most obscene thing just to get to generate a somewhat relative fucking picture that looks normal yeah. to what you want. It's fucking madness. But at the same time, it's such a cool tool to use. I know there was one brewery. I think they used Chat GPT, and they just wrote um, something along the lines of a beer recipe for a, a double IPA and it literally yeah, yeah. spat out a full recipe of like hops to use and when to put in the hot, uh, the what, what temperature to have the boil, when to put the hops in and stuff. It's just, yeah. it's it's getting a bit mental. Um, yeah. It's funny and it's cool, but let's just not lose the craft. It won't, it won't yeah. be that when you can, when you can go into that, generate the recipe, flip it over onto your, the, the con, flip it over on the console and literally push play and let the brew kit yeah. brew it for you, you know, and all you need to do is, right, well, the grain's going in, right, all, all I need to do is um, transfer, and then I'll do a, a hop addition at whatever time, you know, it's <laughs> mental. Yeah, I think definitely, definitely a, a, a scary concept, but at the moment, it's still producing the laughs in the office when we type it. So, oh, definitely <laughs> so, so let's hope it stays at that stage. Uh, at remember, least for a while. <laughs> remember watching 100%. videos say a, 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 a barman have it make cocktails based on different yes. it was it was like screeds and screeds of stuff. So it was like it's like create for me a mixed drink with X Ryan's head. And it was like honestly, it was like something that a can like, Did it no end up coming up with was, I think I know the, the video you're talking about because it came up with a, a, a an obscure kind of cocktail to the point where the mixologist was like, You're not you wouldn't put these two spirits together, it doesn't make sense. Aye, and then, then he go and aye, then they you, tried you it. Find like the you find the hole in it pretty easily and the amount of descriptors you've got to put in. I just like that for my job it it, it, it makes having to think about Excel formulas obsolete. So you, don't to, you no longer have to think. You just have to. How do I get that to say that? It just tells you. That's that's yeah. the biggest godsend the AI. I might just start. I might just start doing it for the intro videos. Just see, if, see what it pulls up. That may work. That may work. It <laughs> may, may work. You never know. Callum, did you switch over your beer? Nope. No, no, still yeah. in, still in the red ale. That's, that's, yep. that's all right. That's all right. Um, Mark, you like you said, you're in that kind of. That list is building down there, which looks amazing from the, the bits that you've shown us already in the picture that I've seen. Um, you kind of half touched on it. People are able to come and do brewery tours and, and see that space that you're in and, and go through. Tell us, that for people that are interested who live on the south coast of England or even further afield that are interested in coming down to Portsmouth and, and sampling some of your beers there on site, which I would highly recommend because by the looks of the pictures and the video, Fucking yes, sign me up to that. Um, talk us about the brewery tours. Yeah, so so brewery tours has probably become one one of the most popular sort of aspects of our um, business lately. They they get booked out uh, pretty pretty well in advance. So if you are thinking about coming down, uh, get get in touch about availability. Um, and I think it is it is worth a trip if you are sort of slightly further afield because I do think 
we're, we're lucky really to have one of the most unique spaces for a brewery in, in the UK, uh, I would think. Agreed. And that's, that's, one, that's one of the aspects of, of the brewery tour that, that appeals to people. But probably the, the, the other comment that we get um, most of the time is, is just that we, we sort of, we try and go into a bit more detail um, over, over the course of our brewery tour. So it's, it's partly about coming down and, you know, seeing the building and the heritage. Um, but then once we're actually next door, we, we really do go into detail about how we uh, go through um, uh, all of our beers from grain to glass, you know, water treatment, a big, a massive thing for us. We love uh, looking at water chemistry. Um, it, it, mm -hmm. Sometimes it can delve into a bit of a science lesson, but there's beer involved and I try to keep it as, uh, as fun as possible. That's that's probably the comment we've had the most from people who have been to other breweries where, you know, yeah. it can be a little bit of a, uh, a a quick look and a race to the bar sort of thing. Um, Almost like an aquarium. Yeah. You go, oh, here's the fish and here's the gift shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, one of the things I like to do is is, is just spend a bit of time uh, actually actually looking at how um, uh, we go we go into the brewing process, and that I guess yeah. just stems from the fact that I like to talk about beer and brewing <laughs> in general as might yeah. become um, apparent. Um, uh, but we we've. We sort of uh, run through everything uh, from from brewing to actual packaging, so it helps that within the brewery uh, we do everything on site, so we, we don't yeah. have to do every sort of third party packaging or anything like that. I was quite insistent when we were starting up that we do all our own packaging on site, so we we mm -hmm. can and take mostly, but um, uh, canning all done here, so you can kind of see the the, the canning operations as well as uh, keg and other quality, bits. Isn't it? As in, like yeah. ensuring you know when you take anything off site there's just that variability of yeah. you know people aren't looking after it as much as i would because it's not their beer and you, you know when yeah. so I'm many horror really... stories we heard eh? beer sitting oh, giving their beer away to people to, to, to look after and can and stuff for them and it's sitting in the middle <clears> of the yards and stuff like that yeah. well the sun's beating down on it for christ knows how long and it's just that <laughs> you go to all the hassle of making it obviously with the love care and attention that you put into it Last thing you want is to give it away to somebody else to can it for you. You want to be able to do yeah, that yourself exactly. and make sure that you can, when you're sticking the labels on it, what's in there is exactly what it is you made without any additional guff in there that's causing that's potentially causing problems with quality. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. And I guess as, as we've, seen, uh, we, we've also seen breweries go to great lengths to achieve that as well. They like say three hills yeah. and they're uh, coming, coming out one side of the garage and going back in the other. Smaller than a gunpowder magazine, but um, yeah, mm. we've seen we've seen breweries <laughs> go to great lengths to achieve that in-house um, approach. So definitely, it's got to be the way to go. The last thing you want is to give away your great product to somebody else to fuck about with, even yeah, if exactly. they don't fuck about with it. You even want to take yeah. the chance. No. <laughs> but yeah, and if, if anyone, I suppose I should say I'm, I'm terrible for actually plugging stuff because I'm normally just squirrel away in the brewery. If anyone like that, so we, we do sort of two two options of, of brewery tours essentially. So you, you, for, for a low, low price of twenty pounds, you can actually come down to the uh, brewery, see the whole process, and that kind of gets you two beers um, uh, included as well. Or we, get, uh, we do a tour for forty seven fifty, which gets you uh, that, as I've mentioned, the, the tour grain to glass with the two beers. Um, but plus then you get a, a t-shirt, some of our fantastic pardon for merch takeaway, uh, and a glass, um, and then you get two more beers and a kind of and a meal over at the tap house. So it's uh, it's quite a good deal. Oh uh, shit! Bargain. Fucking Jesus! <laughs> Fuck! Bargain. Yeah, that's an afternoon out for forty-seven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking yeah. hell! Uh, guess what that's I'm a, booking tonight? 
Train, flights, and train. And if you if you bring your own high vis vest, you get a packaging shift. So that's like um, for people like yourself, Scott. Like it sounds like a, a fucking fantastic combination. You're a fucking history buff. You love all that shit, and and obviously you you're well versed in your craft beer drinking skills. That sounds like a fucking dream. Right, well, that's a that's a, a day, if not two. Double. That's a that's a double done to go and. Yeah, first time actually know. listening to all the history stuff and then the second time boring the arse off everybody by getting all the questions right in the second day. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I could do with that as well because I because my my I'm like a biochemist, like that's my background. So so I was right. never I was never into history. I've never really, you know, things at all not, well, not my totally sort of thing. But but just just from, from doing the tours and mostly through people coming down to the tours and telling me about the building. <laughs> I've been advertently yeah. just Bit of a, like a well, you'll unearth the bus by being in that space and, and yeah. offering the opportunity to walk just, on a bit just and had, get an um, idea how things are going. Had visions of, I don't know why, it, it was <laughs> when you're seeing doing the two tours, Scott, and the oh, second time going around. Going going the going the still game, hang. Still game, Well, well, much loved Scottish. Uh, sitcom where there's 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 whiskey tours involved, um, right. and and they, they they partake, um, definitely in that. It's a totally joke that not like only certain folk are going to get, but yep. right. <laughs> most people north of the border will get that joke straight away. Um, Scott, you sent a picture of the group chat while we're chatting there. That beer looks fantastic. I need to hear more about it before I open it. Voyage, tell me. Uh, Talk to me. So this, this is. Have you ever heard of the term "beer with breakfast"? I'm mm. sure it's. A, I'm sure it's been a song lyric a few times. They have a beer with breakfast, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, this is it. This is the. This is the dipper you can get away with at half past eight in a, <laughs> in a hotel <laughs> buffet. As soon as you said beer with breakfast, um, mate, there is. If you then said, "Guess what style I was going to go for," uh, there is no way. It's I would have said. Dipper. Nah, seven point seven point six percent dipper. This is the great way to start the day. <laughs> if you've not got much planned, it is. And and Gavin, you'll you'll back me up when you taste it because it, it tastes like it's like orange and grapefruit juice. See if you've been to a hotel and you've done the half grapefruit juice, half orange juice type mm. thing. Maybe a wee bit of pineapple in there as well. It's it's just it's just concentrated fruit juice. It doesn't taste. It's not incredibly boozy. It's just really, really sweet. It's got bags of fruit in it. Tastes like the actual fruit that's supposed to be there. It doesn't just taste like sugar and sickly sucrose. So again, it develops as you're drinking it. So one mouthful, you get more grapefruit. The other bit, it'll be like orange juice. Obviously smooth, no bits, which is exactly the way you have orange (laughs) juice. If you have orange juice with bits in it, you're a criminal. Um, It's unbelievable. It's really good. It's 7.6%, but it's never 7.6%. If you're gonna go hard and then go home incredibly quickly, this is this is the way you go. Morris, bone steal the bones for your legs, just beer, beer for breakfast and in bed for brunch. Correct, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you're gone before elevensies. Well, there's the name of the podcast, sort of Gav. So <laughs> <laughs> beer for breakfast bed and brunch. bed for brunch. It's unbelievable. I hope I've done it justice. I didn't. 
even though we do do it's it's not uh, out of the minute it's still sitting in tank but drunken sailor is our breakfast stout which is famously within the breakfast beer but you can say mm-hmm. this this is basically like it, it is like pure pure juice uh as a beer so um huge uh oat content chip malt we use a lot so you get this super smooth sweet body um in the beer this one is pretty much it, it is completely devoid of of, of bittering hops um maybe pulling a little bit from from the whirlpool but even at the whirlpool we're whirlpooling it uh at 80 degrees so this is this is exactly that kind of uh smooth juicy sweet beer that you want and it, it does just drink like a fruit juice and like you say that that uh residual sugar content completely covers the booze so does not taste 7.6 at all it just tastes smooth and sweet um i'm sorry that literally no even word of a fucking lie might be the smoothest fucking beer (laughs) i have ever tried in my puff no word of a lie that is the definition of pillowy soft yeah yeah that's ridiculous (laughs) so good i think i think one of the one of the one of the sort of key things um we looked at and this, this. This actually came from the first, the first, well, not the first dipper, but the first in this like dipper series that we did was a beer called Warrior. Um, mm. And what I looked at because we're doing these like stupidly high uh, dry hop um, additions in, in my mind anyway. We were at, like technically speaking about I think it was about eighteen grams per liter, which I know people could probably go a lot higher than that now, but for me that's silly high. Um, and <laughs> we, we, <laughs> I think we, because of that. One thing that, that I noticed was um, when we did these big, big dry hops, uh, the pH in the finished beer uh, came right up. And you were noticing this, like, almost like a hot burny sort of, not, not quite hot burny flavor, but like an astringency that was coming through. And I think that was largely due to the, to, to the increase in pH after the dry hop. So yeah. I noticed uh, there was an article from um, Scott Yanish, I think it was, that was talking about pH reduction in, in uh, these, like, super, super hoppy, Beers and it almost seems like a backward thing to, to do to, to add acid in to smooth out a, um, a flavor. But we noticed that. So when, when we got this pH increase, um, we were tasting the beer after we dry hopped it, and it had this this hint of um, astringency there. And it wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. the completely smooth beer we were looking for. So what we we actually added in lactic acid to bring that pH back down. I think in the first beer it was something like four point nine, four point five, or something like that. So still relatively high overall, but that that astringency just disappeared, and then what we were left mm. with was just super smooth, super smooth beer. And I think, yeah, that that's maybe one are of the. Are you sure? Are you sure this isn't a? <laughs> are you sure this isn't a collaboration with Silent Night? Because that is pillow smooth. Like, yeah. Fucking <laughs> unreal, oh, by the way. That no, honestly, mate, it's um that is ridiculous. Yeah, no, I was no, not expecting that. Another one you'll really enjoy that when you get the chance to have it. It's a different class, different class. I might, uh, I might use it. I might use it as battering power to get some stuff off Mark. Oh. <laughs> it's genuinely Ooh. one of the smoothest beers I've ever had. Um, one real. of the latest beers in terms of um, 
I've, only reason I'm saying this is because I've seen it on Instagram yesterday day before. Um, we mentioned at the start of the podcast, uh, Alex from Bayonet, you've done a, a new collaboration beer with, with them, and you also mentioned yourself. Um, tell us a little bit about that beer as well. And um, like you've, you've done a few collabs, and it's... <sighs> It's for breweries that you, not that you wouldn't expect, but it's breweries that are are making tremendous beers, but not everyone knows that they make fucking tremendous beer, which is which is nice to be fair. Yeah, well, I, I was actually weirdly thinking about this. I, I mean, I'm not mentioned to you guys uh, for much, but weirdly thinking about this um, earlier today or yesterday, maybe um, about like collaborations in general because we haven't done a huge amount of them. Um, yeah. Certainly, in the first like couple of years we started, we've, we've, we've done a, we've done maybe uh, three three collabs, uh, I think. And I think the the nice thing about them is that with all of all the collaborations we've done, it wasn't ever something we were sort of seeking after, thinking, oh, if, if we if we collab with these people, it's going to be a good benefit exposure for us. Like they're like a good name for, for us to be sort of associated yeah, yeah. with. Um, it was just born out of the fact that. Um, as we were as as we were evolving as a brewery and, and meeting more people um in the industry i think you find the people that you work synergistically with and it's, it's never never then forced and i think that's when the best yeah. uh, the beers come through because you can chat open openly about you know what sort of styles you want to uh you know recipe development wise like what what how can we uh create here so mm. it, it came from a from a nice place so i think that's probably one of the reasons why we haven't um as many collabs, it's only, it's not something that um, we we seek out a lot. Yeah. It's just that if, if we if we come across someone who we think we're going to work well together with, then then that's when we want to sort of make a beer. Um, and that's where that's where and I know we've said about it a million times how this industry is so collaborative, but at the same time and in the same breath. You need it to be to something that works in terms of there's no point a small brewery going and working with fucking Daya or Verdant. It's li- mm. it, yes, you'll make a really good beer. You might you'll learn some things, but process wise, it's going to be completely different because you're going from such a massive kit or whatever, to, and then you might your ideas might be different. But then at the same time, just, the bigger brewery might be more focused on it going into larger markets like the supermarkets and stuff like that so if you if you're on a similar path then that collaboration like you said is going to be easier because you're already you your way of thinking is already similar so you can bounce ideas off each other and go yeah that sounds like a fucking great idea instead of we're going to make this right okay fair enough (laughs) what do you want to do like it make it, it makes perfect sense to be working with I don't want to see people in the same level, but that's the kind of thing, the thing I'm saying at the same thing. Um, instead of just no, having a, a having a collaboration for the like, sake of having your name on a can, essentially. Yeah, I think that's that's the the, the key thing. Is it was with all the ones we've done, it's been very focused on um, mm-hmm. the beer itself and uh, the recipe, and it's been it's been driven, yeah, not not as much by what what we think might be best. Well, at the time, you know, it's certainly important to uh, to consider. Yeah. But this, you can almost see it. So, with um, with the beer I've I've opened is, is the the red IPA that me and Alex uh, did from from Bayonet, and it's not um, it's not a million miles away from um, from uh, the the west coast that, that me and yeah. Matty uh, did together. So it's a very distinct beer um, uh, compared to that, but it's in it's in the same 
direction. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's a much less uh, bitter version of, of that, I think. And it hasn't got that intense um, layered uh, uh, hot profile that we did in, in, yeah. in the Quake 5. And the malt becomes much more important in, in this red IPA. Um, so we were using uh, uh, Cara Red, Melanoidin, Rye Malt. It's got a, a really layered malt profile that I think works works really nicely. So you get much more of that caramel um, coming through. But again, um, one, of, one of my old favorites, well, new favorites, Strata, <laughs> uh, features pineapple note to it. But it's another one of those beers where I think the, the flavors play off each other really well. So... Uh, because you've got the the, the big hit of of uh, caramel sweetness yeah. uh, first, but then the the much more like fruity flavors. I would say this is a much fruitier beer than um, than Take Five. You've got sort of right. like I said, pineapple and tropical, much more apparent uh, in here. And then Calypso, which is another unsung hero, I think, in the, yes. in the American variety. You get nice, really nice fresh fruit uh, flavor from that. That fresher character kind of really lifts the lifts the caramel um but yeah me like there was there was a lot of um recipe discussion back and forth with with all the collaborations we've done and i think that's that's the most important part <laughs> yeah i want to i want to talk about a different style um because i've moved on um <clears throat> and this this beer is really sublime it really is this is the best one i've had so far tonight um and it's a if you had asked me to, to sort of describe this style, I don't think I would have, probably would have managed it. It's called Drop Anchor, and it's the Vienna Pale Ale. Um, it's yeah. only four point six percent, but wow, I, I, I can't recall I can't recall having a beer styled as a Vienna Pale Ale before. Um, but going by what's on the can, it's it's the, the it's a Pale Ale, but with primarily with Vienna malt, and that kind of amps up the the malt and the sort of biscuity. Um, sort of tarty flavour um, or characteristics. I don't know. You correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. But but mm -hmm. uh, but this is super. It really is. It's so soft and moorish. Um, but the the hops. I mean, it's got my favourite hop in it. It's got El Dorado in it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and it's just it's it, it's so it's so moorish. But for four point six percent, what a body on this beer. It just it feels it feels like it should be a a seven percent double. With just with what I'm yeah. drinking, as talk to, talk to me about that style and where so, you got the so, idea for that from. So, so this is this is by far and away our best seller. Um, drop oh, really? is, yeah, is, is, is I think this is this particular style of beer, and I think so. Even when we first started, a lot of our, our beers, I would say, um, are are uh, sessionable, really. You know, we we, we mm. don't go crazy high on. Um, ABV all the time, and that was almost born out of the fact that just when I like to go out, I like to be able to have quite a few beers. So I like beers that I can go back to. I like sessionable um, mm -hmm. uh, stuff. And this uh, being a Vienna Pale Ale, yeah, it's, it's like a bit of a, <laughs> I guess, like a made up um, uh, style. I have, I hadn't even actually seen Vienna Pale Ale, and then I searched it. I was like, I wonder if anyone else has, has done that. And I, I did mm -hmm. see I think Pilot do a Vienna. Yeah, um, that's what the, the only other brew that I could find was Pilot. Do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if, if if they define it in the same way that, that I do or we do. Mm -hmm. um, but what what we've got here is basically um, almost like a cross between a Vienna Lager and an American Pale Ale. So so the the base yeah. is um, uh, sixty percent Vienna malt, and then I think we go. 
uh, 35% uh, best sale, 5% clarified wheat, something like that. So you've got uh, you've got this huge um, uh, like baked goods sweetness, and like, even when you pour it out, it's like it pours a slightly deeper color than like the typical hazies you're expecting. It's not that bright yellow. It's got a slightly deeper uh, color to it, and I think that's indicative of the of the malt flavors that you you get and also um that that fuller body so that fuller body i think mm -hmm. is coming uh, a, a more from uh the, the products behind the malt as opposed to the 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 heavier uh just protein content you get from oats and stuff like that so we're, we're generating mm -hmm. the not through the typical way of, of, of oats and wheat and stuff it's through these higher kilns malts um water chemistry is something that i like i've, I've not mentioned uh, like throughout the podcast but that's something we push a lot in the brewery yeah. so so with any of our stuff, we, we, we're, we're, we're doing a, a, a three to one ratio here for um, for, for drop um, in terms of in favor of chloride. So that that water profile is really boosting the um, yeah. the mouthfeel. Um, so that helps fill out the body as well. Um, it's quite remarkable that it's quite remarkable that this beer doesn't have any oats in it. For what yeah. for what um, <laughs> for what you for what you feel when you're drinking it, it's, it's unbelievable that, mm. that, that it's, it's just it's just malt. There's no um, there's no more oats or or very little wheat in there as well as you say, so it's incredible. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, so so I think push, pushing that Vienna malt to sixty percent that's that's the the key. Uh, just just lots and lots of high mm -hmm. kilns, well slightly higher kilns um, malts, and I think that generates that 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 sweeter like like slightly sweeter, slightly fuller flavour. And I've always found that um, originally the idea was that like I used to like Vienna lagers, and I think that 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 fuller that slightly fuller. Um, bready sweetness like it carries tropical flavors quite well um yeah. that sort of makes sense um mm -hmm. and then uh here again indicative of like certain uh tricks or styles we've liked in 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 our beers um simcoe mm -hmm. flavoring again which i think um a slightly higher extent than uh than charge but still stays so smooth because Sim simcoe has such a low cohomulone content it's, it's a really smooth uh bittering uh hop um, mm -hmm. And then we use Nelson Sovin in, in the Whirlpool, which I find mm -hmm. just to be a general aroma booster. Um, and then Citra, Citra Eldorado choice. on the dry hop. <laughs> so Citra, I don't use that much, to be honest. There are some, I think there are some like uh, super popular hops that, that we don't use a lot of. So Mosaic, I'm, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really use much at all. Citra, Citra we don't use a, a huge amount. And even here... Eldorado, which I'm, I'm in agreement with you, is one of my favourite hops as well. <laughs> um, uh, we do you not find it like, like uh, boys? Do you not find it like really refreshing, like to hear a brewery say citron music? To, you know what? We don't really use it a lot because let's be fair. Like fucking, fucking ninety percent of fucking ninety nine percent of beers that are in supermarkets or general beers that you see i've always got it's if you if it's a nipa it's such a music if i set to music you just oh it's the classic it's classic it's classic not, not that it's a bad not it's a bad thing know, in terms of it makes a bad beer you know just saying a lot, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of people would consider that you know safe we'll go with a safe combination and maybe just add like a, a strata or a you know or or something you know a vic secret or you know something on top to maybe add that wee bit, but but to just dispense and say, look, no, I'm going to I'm going to do I'm going to do what I want rather than what convention says I should probably do as as, it's uh, as pretty cool. Yeah. It's nice. Well, it's yeah. <laughs> you say that, like, I think I've always said the other way. I only think of it because we'd say today. So our our apprentice 
brewer has just done her, I think it's her fourth or fifth recipe that she's she's put together. Is it such a mosaic? It's a mosaic uh, single hop all the way through. I tried it today for the first time. And I was like, oh, shit, actually, I really like that. The thing is, though, see, single hop stuff, single hop citrus, single hop mosaic stuff, I'll, I'll always pick up a single hop beer. I think anyone who enjoys craft beer or is getting, especially who's getting into craft beer early, get on the single single hop stuff. Like, if you if you want to be a, a proper craft beer wank, that's how you, you hone mm-hmm. in your... Or think you can tell the difference between them <laughs> and then find out you can't really. You're hopeless at that, All you need to know <laughs> is if you like it or not, though. Like Whether yeah. you can tell yeah. the difference right. is like, neither here nor there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you see that thing that Siren are doing the now where it's the Guess the Hop series, which I think is genius. Absolutely. Genius. But have you not? They've got yeah, the yeah, yeah. cans and it's basically, I think they've got four beers and it's Guess guess the hops, so they don't have any <laughs> on there, but they, they tell you oh, after school. Cool. But that's going to test the beer ranks of the world, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as you like it, you know. Guess, guess who's getting everyone wrong? Yep, that's me. <laughs> the marketing point for that should cool. be that we send it. Like anybody, any brewer that's done any brewer that's done a collab with Siren over the past however many years or whatever, or, or any other brewers in the country should be sent the guess the hop and see how many get this stuff wrong. Yeah. That would be quite good. Guaranteed, <laughs> a lot of them get it fucking wrong. <laughs> Not good. Well, um, I'd imagine more will get it right than wrong, but it's good. Well, it would be good for them just to just to watch a. Uh, uh, can I just say there's a podcast there's a podcast webinar whatever you want to call it you know you get all all the brewers that we've met you get the can set out to everybody everybody opens the same one and then (laughs) it goes pure taste wankery where everybody says oh it's definitely El Duradu no it's not (laughs) you definitely be just three like Pick three brewers sitting in a in a tap room or whatever, give them the cans and say, right, go for it. Just set a mic right. in the middle of them and go away because you could come back in three hours' time and you'd still have content brewing. Oh, right there, and then you still have them debating stuff with it three hours later. Put a tap room, exactly. plenty of beer on those cans, and then beers to go into, and they'll keep coming back. It'll be every thirty minutes. So, but but was that no? Was that no? Talking about three years later, um, Mark, I don't want to take too much of your time, mate, because you've been very generous with it already. Um, where is the best place for anyone in the country to get hold of your beer? Uh, so, so just find us on the website, which is uh, powdermonkeybrewing.com, uh, and then similarly across uh, socials, search, search in Powder Monkey Brewing normally does the, does the, chop, does the, does the trick now to... Uh, to find us, but yeah, we, we can distribute all across the um, uh, the country. So, if you if you hop on the website, you can uh, probably our most popular feature is is the builder box. So you can just basically yeah. pick twelve uh, twelve uh, of our beers across the range. So you can get a mixed pack. Uh, that then, um, and like I say, we've got we've got quite a few now. So that's a good way to sort of certainly try try the range if you've not sampled our our stuff before. Um, yeah. And then that automatically puts a discount on for you when you get the 12 in the box. So from, from the website, it's the easiest way. Or like I say, if you are um, feeling adventurous and, and don't aren't from the South Coast, then <laughs> come down and see us for a brewery tour is what I recommend always, especially if you're making the journey 
uh, to come and see us and it's well worth booking on yeah. for a tour if, you, if we've got the availability because that really is like the full powder monkey experience i think as opposed to to just coming down and, and sampling the beers at the tap definitely um one, one question that i wanted to ask mark is have you got any plans to be involved with bruiser um because i know that uh, certainly i would like um to be involved and and uh, i'm quite sure some of our listeners would, would love to to, uh, to direct. be uh, well obviously yes but but <laughs> yeah. you know uh, it's, it's an interesting question um following on from last week's guest uh, from memory, I think we we might have gotten uh, in in touch with them or, or looked at it um, like uh, a while ago. But we've 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 had a lot of irons in the fire. We're, we you know we're, we're sort of going through a really yeah. rapid, uh, expansion at the moment, which is you know a nice not problem to have, but a nice a nice distraction to have if you like. So I think we yeah. have we have explored that in the in the past, and you know certainly uh, worth a look again. I think I think of the of the uh, these the sort of like beer subscription boxes. They seem to be the uh, the, the the one that people go to. Uh, yeah, nice is the best certainly. Um, from what people have told me, I'll be honest, I've never actually. Um, yeah, Mark, what I, what I would say, my answer <laughs> to that would be, go fuck yourself and. Get on the website and get on poundamonkeybrewing.com. <laughs> like you said, build yourself a 12 pack because if there's, I mean, yeah. if I'm, I'm pretty sure I can speak for all three of us that have, have, have drank your beer, and I know Mark is tremendously mm-hmm. jealous, I can see it in his fucking eyeballs. Um, these beers, no word of a fucking lie, have been tremendous like absolute voyage is ridiculous by the way that is the smoothest beer no word of a lie i've had in the last 12 months if not longer yeah. the westies are are exactly what they're doing in the tin uh Carl and the, the red ale sounds amazing as well um every single beer does exactly what you want it to do does exactly what it says in the label and does it to a high caliber and i'm pretty sure scott and callum you'll agree with me on that Definitely. Absolutely. I am. Um, just, I mean, all in them will not mind me saying this. Just pause your bruiser and get a fucking 12 in until they go and get them. <laughs> until they go and pick up Powder Monkey. And, that, and, then, and then everybody will be happy. You'll get, you'll get your 12 back. Uh, you get to build your box. You get, and then bruiser will get the fucking, they'll get the message to get back in touch. They can do all the hard craft, as you say, Mark. You've got an ex- you've got expansions and stuff to do. You can't be and beer yeah, to yeah. brew. More importantly, you can't be cost of living um, crisis um, and all the rest of it. But the, the, currently, if uh, you go into um, Powder Monkey's website and build your own case of twelve beers, you've got a phenomenal twenty five percent discount as well. So each beer is only costing you three quid. Um, which, which is fucking yeah. ridiculous. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> you know, that's, that's an absolute no-brainer. Just get on that website. If you're, if you're getting a voyage or take five for three... Uh, take my money, Mark. Just take my money. If, 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 if only I was now in possession of at least six beers that I'm now going to sell to the other Mark for four pounds a <laughs> I'm going to hold the West Coast hostage for four quid. <laughs> Wait, I said to you at the start that you sent too much beer, but... It's fine. I know why. I can see why you did it now because there's a right, fucking strong chance you've got an order from me coming the morning right. because <laughs> the, the beer is absolutely phenomenal. Like Mark said, go to powdermonkeybrewing.com, head up to the website, build yourself a case, 
He also got all the information with regards to the brewery tours on there as well, and all the information with the brewery. Search them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and like, follow, and share all their content that's always updated. While you're at it as well, you can search for the Beer Fridge Podcast, your home of real beer, real breweries, real opinions. Whatever you've listened to this podcast, do us a favor, just whack a wee five star. Really does help the podcast. If you've watched on YouTube, do the same. Hit the ding a ling a ling, little bell, subscribe, five star rating, all that jazz. It genuinely helps us out. If you want to show your official support, you can do so by heading to patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. I'm going to put a link to the website and everything in the description. So you just click that button, buy some of these amazing beers, and you will not be disappointed. I can fucking guarantee it. There's some strong contenders here already. For beer of the year, I'm just saying. I am some just. Some breweries have got some work to do. Sorry, Alex. They've got. They've, <laughs> Alex, come on, son. Oh, if you want to repeat, you've got, you've got a shift. Keep it in, sir. <laughs> if you're going to repeat Brew of the Year, you've got a shift, definitely, Scott. Um, Till next time on the Beer Fridge Podcast, your home of real beer, real breweries, real opinions, Mark. Ah. Oh. Absolute pleasure to talk to you and I appreciate you taking the time. And until next time on the Beer Fridge podcast, you goodbye.